1: I too, Billy! And you book a match with me! That's right, Keelan! Look at me! I'm a total package! I will rip him apart! I'm pissed now!
0: Where to? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts! On ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome everybody to Wrestle Roasts. I am your host, Dan St. Germain. I am in the beautiful Buffalo Hampton Inn. <laughs> um yeah, so we've got uh we got a we got a big show today, folks. We're gonna be talking Dynamite or Dud. We're gonna be talking we're gonna be talking uh, AEW's revolution and we're gonna be talking Ahmed Johnson. So a huge, a huge show. I'm here with Robert Carpolis. We are waiting for uh the arrival of Mike and Scott. Uh, they're gonna be joining us a little later. But uh, you know, Robert, um you watch a lot of wrestling this week?
2: Uh, I watched an inordinate amount of wrestling this week. I feel like it has been like nonstop wall to wall. And I still have not yet watched NXT roadblock, but I am planning on watching it because I heard it's a very good show.
0: I heard it was good too, even from fucking Melter and Alvarez. So well, then,
2: then that changes my opinion. Uh, and and later on in the show, I am looking forward to uh, admitting that I was wrong about Tony Khan. That's a tease coming up later on in this broadcast. Uh, not going to tell you why yet.
0: Well, I'm sure it'll be for the smarmiest of smarmy reasons. But, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be Ahmed
2: Johnson, and we
0: have to start out with uh, with the bright side of Ahmed Johnson. Um, now, Ahmed was interesting because he he was around during one of my peaks of, of wrestling fandom. He was ter- he was a, a, a real he was emblematic of the new generation in WWF. You know he was not really around for the attitude was not really around for the golden era, but he was new generation, whatever that means. And I do know when he came on screen, he did have the Brock and Lashley thing where like he looked fucking awesome. And when he got on, uh, when he got in the ring, I was like, man, this guy's going to be their next big star. And then, you know, he grabbed a microphone and that, that quickly changed, but he did have the look, uh, kayfabe accomplishments. He was an intercontinental champion. He beat gold dust for it before starting a series of injuries that kind of plagued his career. Um, he did headline on a pay-per-view international incident and, uh, by all intents and purposes a pretty rough upbringing. Um, he got kicked out of the army for punching his drill sergeant in the face which I think is kind of cool. So I'm going to leave that in bright side. But uh, ultimately, you know, the guy has kind of been a race from WWE. And, uh, you know, like whenever somebody's erased from WWE, it's it's never, it's never because they were like terrible. It's because of one thing, they're Chris Benoit or they were part of a class action lawsuit. So, uh, so, 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 um, Mr. Johnson comes into the second part of it, but, Uh, Robert, what did you think when you first saw Ahmed Johnson and from working there, did you have any Ahmed stories like people just telling you things, you know, coincidentally?
2: No. So I think first thing is I was all in on Ahmed Johnson when he first debuted. I think at that new generation era, he had the look of what you were conditioned as a 80s, early 90s wrestling fan is this is a main event looking guy. He was physically impressive. He had a cool finishing move. They gave him the right theme music. He had a good look. Um, he was just kind of snake bit. He was injured, you know, the the Farouk debuts, and then all of a sudden Ahmed's hurt because his his kidneys explode. And then he's back and then he gets hurt when he cuts his hand on a on a broken table. So you felt like it was a lot of stops and starts. And then eventually they they kind of cut the uh, the water on him. I know the guys that worked with him at the time, nobody really liked him. Uh, I, I mean, Ron Simmons, who liked everybody, didn't like him. So it was indicative of the fact that, like, if Ron Simmons doesn't like you, you must be a really terrible person. And nobody wanted to come to Ahmed Johnson's defense. And and as far as being erased from history, yeah, if you're part of one of those lawsuits, it's probably because you're, you're fishing for money and they're not going to benefit from you, promote you, remind anybody I mean, about yes you.
0: No, I don't think that's fair to say that about all the lawsuits, but. Um, just like, I don't think it's, it's fair to say that every lawsuit is, is noble, you know, it's just, it is what it is. Um,
2: it it is what it is, but it's like, you know, I I think he was given a lot of opportunities in that company that other people were not. So for him to try to play that card is a little, a little rough. Um, he's,
0: I want to get your opinion before we go any further into the bright side. I'm a Johnson. What do you think about this MLW retooled lawsuit?
2: So, I haven't read the latest complaint yet. Um I saw where they said oh there was contract tampering that that went on. Um I I'm not going to kind of
0: fine with contract tampering wrestling. No, but...
2: I'm not so here's here's the thing and this is why I'm going to walk a very fine line because I was there during some of the time frames that they uh that that they talked about um but I think conceptually speaking if a company any company is reaching out to a contracted talent and trying to get them out of that contract. That's messed up. That's inappropriate. That's wrong. MLW was a small startup that was signing talent that were not getting exposure. It's a pre-AEW world, and you look at the roster of guys that are on there, and it's Shane Strickland, it's MJF, it's Riddle, it's Penta, it's Phoenix, it's Darby, it's Sammy. People are going to be interested in them, but if you have them locked down to a legally binding contract, you wait until the contract's up or you talk to the promoter because I'm not going to put words in court's mouth because I would never do that. I have have too much respect for him. He is the Conrad Thompson of wrestling promoters. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you talk to the guy and say, look, you're paying these guys X. We want Mm -hmm. to give them a shot at WWE. Let's have that conversation. Let's see what we can work with mutually Help this guy get out of his contract early. Maybe we can throw you a bone we can promote in some way, shape, or form. The fact that they were saying, like, they were just talking to these guys directly, circumventing the office, that's not appropriate. That's not right. Uh, I know that there were certain people in WWE at the time who were notorious for, they're at an indie show, and they're like, hey, I can can probably get you out of your, your contract and come work for us. Just trust me i don't think that's appropriate i don't think that's allowed the overarching argument that they have a monopoly and they're using the sherman antitrust act at strains credibility they're like we have a deal with reels that has a deal with peacock but now we can't be on peacock
0: but, uh, I mean, the devil's advocate don't you think it's like like so many of these wrestlers have like nowhere to go and they have so little freedom despite being called independent o- contractor at least when you have another promotion being like hey you know, if you come out here, you know, we're going to we're going to sweeten the pot or something um, Then I'll let you know there's options.
2: Right. But the, but the thing is, the, the Sherman and I Trust Act works if there's no competition. I'm pretty sure on Wednesday night I put on TBS and there was a nationally and internationally televised uh, program on there that's drawing a decent amount of ratings and paying people money if it was just WWE and there was no other company and no company was able to survive and every network was terrible, like Vince, what he used to do in the eighties. Um, and again, there's another little tease from when we have the the author who wrote the Vince McMahon book, Vince in the eighties, when he, when he would book an arena would say, you're not allowed to run a wrestling show X number of days before and after we're there. And they were running those buildings enough where you basically were blocking out that, that arena entirely. So it's like, all right, we're going to run Boston garden, once a month and you can't book anybody 15 days before 15 days after we're there and as long as you're running once a month you basically have year-long exclusivity on that building it's it's kind of it's something like that it's going to the cable companies and saying if you air starcade uh you're not going to get wrestlemania like there, there's a degree of tampering there that doesn't exist right now there's enough platforms out there i mean for all we know you could have a show on a streaming network at some point in time dan uh they, well
0: folks uh it's looking the sky's looking a little bit bluer on that front but uh nothing official to announce just yet
2: sky blue is later in the show we'll get to her
1: she's but,
0: I, i'm actually i'm done with i'm done with the steve dan Soder show i'm now developing a uh young adult cw show for sky blue so uh
2: it's gonna be uh it's gonna be great i'm looking forward to it is she gonna be a detective
0: yeah for sure yeah you just added to it she's make her a detective veronica mars meets colombo
2: I want her, I want her detective. I want her playing jazz music. I want basically, I basically just want Twin Peaks, but with Sky Blue as uh Kyle McLaughlin's character. And monk. You seem like a Monk guy. Never watched Monk. Really?
0: I don't know, no. I don't know why I thought you was a Monk guy.
2: I was more of a Pacific Blue guy if I had to go for my US <laughs> network. I,
0: I tried to watch one of those. Yikes.
2: No, I enjoyed Suits. Uh, Suits was always a fun show. But, was uh, Megan
0: Markle good on that show?
2: No. She was kind of the weakest. <laughs> she was kind of the weakest part of the show. Like I was not a big fan of her. Uh, I like everybody else on the show. I just found that my wife is literally yelling at me. How dare I besmirch Meghan Markle? Um, because we watched Suits, and I just she was fine. She yeah, was better.
0: I loved her on South Park. So
2: I loved her on Deal or No Deal. She was one of the best briefcase people outside of uh, that one. Rosa wasn't Rosa Mendez. It was I can't remember her name. It was someone one of the Eva WWE, Eva WWE. No, Eva it, was, Marie? Eva. it was a. It was someone each I think word. it wasn't each, I don't know if it was each word. There was someone who did like a couple of shots with WWE. Um, and you know, it's it's one of those things where they pop up, they're forgettable, and you you hope that you never see them again. Speaking of which, Mike Lawrence is here. Mike,
0: we're actually not talking about Ahmed Johnson, but the show suits. Uh, so let's uh, let's direct it back to Ahmed Johnson just in case we lost the few listeners we have on this podcast. Uh, mike we're still on the bright side of ahmed johnson what do you have to say positive about uh, mr pearl river plunge
3: um i can't tell the difference between suits psych and burn notice
0: it's All the uh, same show hey don't, don't forget royal pains throw
2: that guy in there too yeah
3: yeah that's a little, true little um, a
2: monk was the one that did not have a white guy as the lead
3: yeah it had an alien whose head
0: you could blow off and it would regrow I just got confused by that 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 Sci-Fi Network show. It's totally really good. Resident Alien.
2: No, this was a Men in Black reference, I believe. Uh, yes, yes. Thank you. Or, or just a reference to the fact that Tony Shalhoub was Palestinian. Wasn't no, sure no, which direction. It was, it was I, the first. Yeah, I assume as much. Was... Look,
3: Jews have attacked Palestinians enough. I'm not adding to it.
2: Um, and he plays a very convincing Jew on Marvelous Miss Maisel. He's fantastic. Yeah. I genuinely believe he's that cranky.
0: Well, the craziest yeah. thing is it's all the same region. It's just Britain all fucked it up in the 50s, right? 40s. Uh, 40s, but yeah. Yeah, 40s. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the whole thing, it's like, it's like you, you go to some Greek, Israeli, Palestinian guys. They're all the same fucking guy, like complexion wise, but all right, keep going.
2: Sorry.
3: Uh, I agree. Shalub really occupies that role. No!
0: Uh.
1: <laughs> hey, now. All
2: right.
0: uh. Hi, yes. Mrs. purple
2: Yes. My, uh, I'll do the um,
0: um You Enormobil can say goodbye. Thing. All
2: right. Goodbye. Thank you
0: for having me at Thanksgiving, Mrs. Carpalis. Yes,
2: uh, where you keep calling her Mrs. Carpalis like it's like you know, it's no go away. Why are you coming back, man? <laughs> I saw really?
3: Robert get a kiss and QT get the rub all in one week. <laughs> well, Robert, a, oh, okay,
0: <laughs> uh,
2: everything's everything's coming up. Uh, everything's coming uh, up, QT. But we'll we'll get to that later. Yeah, Mike, yeah, tell yeah, us yeah. how amazing. Ahmed we'll we'll get to plugs
3: is. later. Um, I. I <laughs> I I I you know I I I didn't watch that much when when he was a thing but I remember I rented the in your house game yes which was uh, the sequel to the like the you know uh, Mortal Kombat type um WrestleMania game and he was in it and I was like oh this guy looks cool and then I I also this the thing I was out of I was I was watching the shows but I still got some of the games I got warzone and you know it is infamous the promos that he cuts in that game (laughs) yes what the fuck is he saying um but he was he was one of the better characters and he i mean it's like you know he's in that that sid vicious you know uh, um you know lesnar like oh get that fucker in a ring like you just look at him and it's like he looks like a wrestler you know he's fucking massive um You know, I was watching um, Brett and Austin last night. I mean, you know, the mania season and, and I left it on after with the the Chicago street fight. This shit's fun. You know, like, I think he was a guy that as a single star, I think he was going to be limited, but it's just a part of the roster. And just as a presence, when you're watching the show, he fucking belongs more than, than most people just visually you know, I see why Vince, um, pushed him, you know, and I know like he was the, the first black not interno- It's funny whenever they do that, right. Where it's like the first black this or the first black that it's like, you guys should never say that because you could have done it at any time. It's fake. You could have made <laughs> oh, everyone black be champions. Right. So it's like, shut up. Like other people can say that, like Ahmed can say that, but when WWE makes claims like that, it, they just look bad and behind the times. Um, But yeah, I thought, you know. Baseball. I don't know. I mean, like
0: it's Sasha and Bianca main eventing WrestleMania, I'm fine with them saying this is the first time two black women, and it seemed like deserved, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Um, this is but, the first
3: time two black women were in the company at the same time.
0: Well... I mean, no, it wasn't, but it was the first. You look no, no. At you had you had Sapphire and uh Yeah, well that's the beat. Like, up until like thirty two, we really we can really um yeah say from WrestleMania thirty two backwards, they're really it was backwards, <laughs> you know. Like,
2: yeah,
0: it was it, I think thirty two is the first one where they called them
3: women and not divas.
0: <laughs> well that was yeah, that was the Charlotte Becky Sasha match, which was yeah. the best match we- on the card. Yeah, was, yeah. Bad yeah. mania, but
3: yeah that was that match is good but no i i mean ahmed it's like yeah man he's fucking fun and there's not much to say like he was kind of fun to write about um i didn't know he played shook knight and i watched like clips of him as shook knight yeah in the mc hammer vh1 movie that uh romany malco played hammer in and you know it's like you know it's funny and even in that you could barely understand what the fuck he's saying. So I think it's just the guy.
2: <laughs> I'll be honest. For about a second and a half, I my brain flipped Romany e. Malco and Rami Malek, and I got very confused about what this movie <laughs> was. And I would have totally watched that, because I think he would have done a great job.
3: Yeah. I love Romani e. Malco. He's great in a four-year-old version. He's good um, in uh, a million so little ult- things. Yeah. He's
0: the ultimate utility player that guy.
3: Yeah, man. Um, and, and he's a good hammer. But uh, yeah, it's like Ahmed, it's... There's, I don't have much of a, a downside. Like, I mean, right? He was like, he was unsafe apparently. So, like, he was unsafe. Wait.
2: He was unreliable, and the locker room didn't like him because he would be reckless. And then they would try to call him out and be like, "Hey, maybe stop doing that." And he's like, "Ah," but he didn't have Good. the protection. Warrior did, so it didn't help. Yeah, and
3: when you when you look at it, it's like the, the 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 length of a big career. I know he did indies and stuff before and after, but the length of a big career is like makes sense right that he only got so far because yeah you shouldn't actually hurt people in a fake sport you know and i i think like once you get that reputation it is kind of hard to shake um unless those same guys that were you know attacking you are then boosting you up but it doesn't seem like like it doesn't seem like that happens that much it seems like the people that are Stiff, stay stiff. And I mean, do you know like a big case of someone who did get like, like I, I, you know, Naya is obviously like the modern, but like she never improved.
2: Uh, Sheamus has gotten better. Sheamus early on had hurt okay. more people than he did. Now he's much safer worker than he was. Corbin is a much safer worker than he was early on in his career. Uh, you because you don't, you won't stick around that long if you're that guy, unless you have like a a Brock reputation where it's like, all right, what are we going to do? It's Lesnar. Um, but they're not going to let those people up onto the main roster because it's they're too valuable to lose people because of somebody being stiff and injured.
3: And with the Lesnar, he's just doing it because he wants to, probably, right? <laughs> like, yeah. The other guys are, like, green, but he... Right. He, oh, it's no, like, I didn't mean Orton, like Orton
2: hates him or hated him. I don't know if they still hate each other or not, because Brock works so stiff with him. And he works stiff with a lot of guys. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, that's Brock and you're going to get what you want. But there's certain eras where it's like, if you complain about a guy being stiff, well, then you're just being a pussy. Whereas now it's like, this is not real. There's no reason that you need to be hitting me this hard. We're both just trying to earn a living, and I'm giving you my body. It's kind of a bitch move.
3: Why would you wrap yourself in barbed wire and jump on me when I got to wrestle Alex Reynolds and John
2: Silver in three days? When you get to, when you get the <laughs> honor and privilege, <laughs> getting to wrestle Alex Reynolds on TV, uh, we'll 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 get to yeah, the- no no no
0: a ratings yeah. death match. Well, we're gonna do next week because you know because Scott hasn't come in yet. Just in case Scott does, uh, before we get to the roast of Ahmed Johnson, just gonna go through our regular pod schedule. Uh, next week, uh, we're gonna do a St. Patrick's Day episode where I'm gonna list the top ten drunks in pro wrestling. Uh, I'm a drunk, so I feel like I'm qualified to list these. Did and you say you know, dead drunks? No, no, no. Dr- well, well, then I guess we could do a live and. And dead, right? I, I thought it was just hilarious. I, the top ten dead drunks in
2: wrestling. <laughs> Don't the complete the list until alive. the show starts, because someone may like not make it between yeah. now and then. Jake's
0: yeah. <laughs> like, wait, wait. <laughs> March twenty-first, our fourth, our promotional draft. We get, we each get fifteen guys to start a promotion with from both companies, and we're going to do a snake draft. And then you can vote on who had the best draft on our Facebook group. March thirty-first. The roast of John Cena and WrestleMania Preview, April 7th, are are our uh, I just want to confirm
2: it's both companies, so Scott can't pick a bunch of New Japan guys, then we have to pretend we know who they are, right?
0: Right, yeah. You can do any company for this.
3: Oh um, fuck. No, but well he no, can't I, pick Juice Robinson and we have to pretend to know who
2: he is. I don't know what company he's in, Mike. He's in four <laughs> companies at he's once. At, I
0: think he's on he's out of New Japan. I thought he was at Impact and AEW. I don't know if they do a joint contract or something. Um, but uh for our Patreon. Uh, this week we already uh, we already talked about our WrestleMania experiences. Next week we're going to be doing the roast of John Moxley, March twenty uh, seventh. Eh. Uh, we're going to be doing WrestleMania seven, another time that WrestleMania was in Los Angeles, April third. Uh, will be our mystery. We may rest. have
2: to move that one for security reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <April>. <laughs> nice
0: april 3rd mystery roast and live q a for our uh for our patreon if you if you're a member of our patreon you get to come to our show similar to a christmas our christmas episode and we'll be we'll be going in how you you do that Uh, but i guess it's time for the roast of ahmed johnson i just
3: want to do a preview of me reviewing um uh, Macho Man versus Ultimate Warrior from WrestleMania Seven.
0: Uh, uh, uh. It is top. I mean, it's top ten Mania matches for sure. Yeah, it's pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty flawless, especially when you consider like what Randy did in that match. Yeah,
3: but um, people criticize him for going step by step with matches, and then he had Warrior's best match. It's like, I think it worked.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Hunter had Warrior's best match. <laughs>
0: And that, and and thus, like I think Triple H like got done with that match. He went backstage. He's like, as soon as I have power, never again. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm making sure he dies the week he gets the Hall of Fame. They really have no fucking luck with pushing John. I mean, I guess Brock is the closest, but it's like you think about Ultimate Warrior and Ryback. Whenever Muhammad Johnson, whenever you push a guy just off a look, it seldom ever works out. Now times for the roast of Ahmed Johnson. The roast of Brackis. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I'll start out. It's hard to be a black man in wrestling hated by all the other white wrestlers and all the other black wrestlers and all the other Latino wrestlers. Ahmed transcended race by have, having every race come together to hate him. <laughs> Ahmed used to pull ribs on. Uh, Owen used to pull ribs on Ahmed, but not as bad as the rib God pulled on us when he took him instead of Ahmed. Oh. <laughs> uh, that was a joke about Ahmed. Not Owen. everybody. His finishing move was the Pearl River Plunge, which is also how Teddy Hart breaks up with you. <laughs> Ahmed's gear. He looked like he was modeling diapers for tough babies. Like <laughs> Some guys are into rats. he His seamstress was into rugrats. His, his promos were what Jackson Riker heard every time Obama spoke. Uh, for anyone who thinks Vince is racist, I present to thee the two and a half month push of Ahmed Johnson, a guy that looked good on paper but didn't know how to read one. Ahmed Johnson sounds like the name of the lead in a porn parody called Cuckleberry Finn. I went down <laughs> to Pearl River and hooked my raft next to Casa Cornet. He's, he's built from Kokomo, which makes sense because he's what would happen if the Beach Boys without Brian Wilson made a wrestler. <laughs> he's known as persona non grata for WWE. Sure, you can be a raping murderer who defrauds a welfare state, but you better not sue us for CTE. He played, uh, this is my stupidest got joke. He played Suge Knight in the MC Hammer story, but now, but now, but, uh, uh, I don't even know what I wrote here, which is, uh, which is, but now he's going, now he goes by too, too much sugar night, night since getting diabetes. All right. That was stupid. Wow. And, uh, was that how I want to, he used to be, he used to be ripped, but now, now he looks like the final boss in a Virgil's barbecue video game. Uh, he got a degree in criminology inspired by his new generation payoffs and his uh, trademark sweating came from hearing there would be a wellness test right after his match uh, <laughs> oh. so that's my roast of ahmed johnson not one of my stronger roasts but uh, the strong he was a strong man so there's another bright side
2: robert all right you told us to write 5 so i i did 5 uh I know, on ahmed I it, no, it was fine. It was good. Uh, today we are roasting Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed Johnson's the bald, jacked-up, reckless, undeserving champion that Bret Hart doesn't hate. <coughs> uh, Bill, w- This is actually true. Bill Watts wanted to name him Buck Johnson, which is nowhere near the worst thing Bill Watts has called him. <laughs> Ahmed Johnson's finishing move was the Pearl River Plunge, not to be confused with Ted Kennedy's finishing move, the Chappaquiddick Plunge. ahmed was furious when gold dust kissed him during a match though it wasn't the first time johnson was working stiff in the ring (laughs) and finally johnson competed in wcw as big t though according to Sonny, it was average t at best (laughs)
0: dude it is crazy by the way seeing him from wwf to wcw and just how much weight he gained like within that like year span or something It's, it's oh yeah
2: it's, right, it's, it's it's tough to get that obese, that unemployed.
3: Yeah. It's, okay. It's, uh, Ahmed Johnson asked the question, what if the book of Hobbes was written by someone illiterate? <laughs> <laughs> by the way, illiterate is spelled with a big E. <laughs> oh. Ahmed Johnson is what would happen if all Vince's fears about black people became a wrestler. That's not true. Ahmed only weighed 300 pounds. The day they hired Ahmed was the happiest day of Pat Patterson's life. He Mm -hmm. was thrilled to be working with the big, black, stiff Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. How do you even describe Ahmed Johnson? Imagine someone with Ultimate Warrior's body, but with promos that make even less sense. Okay, okay. What if New Jack was jacked? In his teens, he got hooked on steroids because phonics was too damn expensive. (laughs) Ahmed worked very stiff and hurt a lot of wrestlers. Whenever Farouk saw that they were working together, he said, damn. (laughs) Just imagine how shitty of a wrestler you'd have to be to make Ron Simmons say, you know what? I'll just work with Bradshaw instead. (laughs) He's nice. (laughs) he left wwf at the beginning of 1998 right as it was about to hit its financial highs and left for wcw right as look he wasn't a smart guy (laughs) (laughs) he played suge knight in a 2001 movie and suge was like hey that's not fair i've never hurt that many people (laughs) (laughs) he retired in 2003 and got his degree in criminology i'm not gonna make fun of that i just think it's really neat uh he got diabetes because everything he eats is too sweet um that's my scott joke uh and in conclusion i've already written more about ahmed johnson than wwe will for his in memoriam package (laughs) he had the look he had the size his first name was ahmed and his last name was johnson rest in peace
0: (laughs) who do you think made more of an impact the johnsons or ahmed johnson (laughs) (laughs)
2: ahmed's johnson (laughs) ahmed is more of a dick Um,
0: you know as we wait for scott to come in just in case he has uh, ahmed johnson jokes we need to talk about this new vince mcmahon mustache oh god yeah been all over the dirt sheets and i mean from i don't know robert you've probably talked to people who were there but everything we've heard is that he's dyed his hair jet black and he now has a like a gomez from the adams family mustache (laughs) and this is and this he only fucks his
3: secretaries
2: on Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I'm just picturing him doing the dance and it's way more horrifying.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, have you heard anything backstage about what the, is this is everything it's cracked up to be? because there's been uh, like four yes. internet uh, articles about it.
2: Yeah. The, the, the mustache is, uh, is something to behold. Um, one person described it as Steve Martin's Pink Panther mustache, <laughs> which makes me very, very happy. Um, you it's... know what it looks
3: like? I I, I watched uh, the movie Digstown this morning. I've never I mean, seen never it. saw that. It's it's a really fun boxing movie, and Bruce Dern is like this evil guy who owns the town and has the exact same mustache, <laughs> and he plays a shifty promoter in the movie. <laughs>
0: Well, what's so funny about that is like they, they made a big deal that they snuck him in, like so no one would notice him. And I, I'm sure the person who snuck him in picked Vince up and was like, Why the fuck did you need me? I mean, this is I'm literally, he should be fucking serving meatballs to Lady in the Tramp right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. It, it's, it's just, it's weird. It, it's weird. Well, once the
3: lady that. doesn't sign the NDA, then she's a tramp. sorry Robert. Um,
2: oh no it's fine i was gonna say something earnest and this was not and this was better um but uh look well he used
0: i know there was a rumor that he used to he he can grow like a full beard but he won't but apparently he won't because in his words he can't let it win (laughs) i don't even know what the fuck that means and it would
3: like take over his face i think is literally (laughs) what it means like in in the mind of a psychopath (laughs)
2: <laughs> he doesn't want to like risk losing that little like chin butt thing he has
0: <laughs> yeah. i understand that the, like it's just crazy that the two major promotional like the two heads of the promotions we went from vince to tony it's like i mean like they both have opposite horrible qualities but like, yeah man from know? alpha to beta jesus christ it, is, it really is i mean there is a there is an element of like when you see a guy walk, like Vince walk in, you're like, "Well, I can't negotiate with him like I would a normal human."
2: At this point, <laughs> the, at this point, the two of them are the two leads in Rushmore. Like that's oh, what we've come so, down to. Oh let me
3: let me ju- let me just say every time that Tony last night said shazam fury of the gods and said the full title i never felt more seen i was like (laughs) inclusion matters
2: you guys wanted discovery so excited shazam fury of the gods The all title titles now the international title because of shazam fury of the gods thank you i know
3: i know we'll talk about it but between that and 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 the main event man this was a show for us
2: Yes. Um I, well, I think let's, they're let's trying let's to win us back.
0: Let's go into dynamite or dud and
2: then we'll, we'll into... Revolution. You can't do
0: let's one. Do of Revolution them. First? Okay. We'll do Revolution first. That's fine. Well, let's uh, just do the uh, one with the
3: matches and not the fun Tony Khan promo. Well
2: uh, there's, there, of... there's plenty
0: to I mean look, Meltzer said it was a great pay-per-view, and that anyone who criticizes it uh, AEW for saying that they don't know how to tell stories doesn't know what we're talking about um all right so we did not see the pre-show right
2: there was a pre okay. oh no, yeah i was gonna go out of my way to watch a tony nice match we saw I, a- I
0: watched
3: some of the pre-show with the, the guy rj city
2: yes and it's funny yeah. you, could,
3: you could tell he's friends with the other wrestlers but they still act uncomfortable around him. <laughs> yeah. i only
2: know him as like the guy who did stuff with david arquette
0: yeah he's a nice guy but yeah nice guy was- if we follow each other on instagram you know It was weird. It was
3: the juxtaposition of him and Renee Paquette is kind of odd because she's like so professional. And then you have like he's so indie.
0: (laughs) Renee, man, she looks like she doesn't really want to be there anymore. But no, that's not true. She never looked like she wanted to be there. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's start with Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho. Um, Oh, God. this was a match. I I, I think that the, the weird thing about it is we, we all had, we all had this this prediction that Big Show or somebody like that was going to intervere and join the Jericho Appreciation Society. But instead they just kind of like reneged on their stipulation. Sammy came out and and then Auction Andrade stopped Sammy and then Ricky won the match. So I don't understand what the stipulation was for. Match itself was fine. What did you guys think?
2: Yeah, this was really stupid. Uh, you made this whole big show about, I didn't mean to make that pun, uh, that there's not going to be any interference in Jericho Appreciation Society. Like, all right, you're clearly building to something. And then it was just like, oh, some of the Jericho Appreciation Society is trying to interfere. And then Action Andretti is in a hoodie because we've seen Sammy and Kevin in hoodies. And he just jumps out of nowhere and it beats him up. And it was really impactful to see Ricky Starks beat Chris Jericho again. Uh, but don't worry. I'm sure on Dynamite they have big plans for Ricky Starks. This <laughs> win is gonna cat up. I was wrong last week when I said winning this match was gonna mean nothing for Ricky Starks. The crowd was so was gonna be so into him on dynamite. They were gonna be hanging on his every word, and then they're gonna give him a great feud. You stay tuned. Yeah, they're, they're
3: gonna juice this win for all it's worth.
2: <laughs> um I thought it was,
3: you know, yeah, I thought it was fine. I mean, it really when you think about last year's revolution and it opened with a Jericho match against Kingston and, you know, it, it is one of those, man, this company fell, Um, you know, but it was fine. Look, I, you know, there was a theme on the show that I actually like of newer, you know, younger guys beating older guys. Um, And, you know, this was the start of that obviously. Um, And I think, You know, Ben, like there were there were there were things on this show that I didn't love, but when that's your main path on a show, I kind of respect that. And I think that you know, yeah, Ricky already losing to I mean, I'm sorry, Jerick already losing to Andretti and him being lost in the shuffle. Like, look, there's there's booking mistakes, but if you were gonna do this match, the right person won. And you know, it was fine
2: the right person yeah, I mean, won I mean, but I mean, it was just weird to like why go out of the way to set this you didn't need to say the yeah. no one's gonna interfere it just it's it's a hat on a hat almost and it didn't go anywhere and i that's think actually, that's actually uh, hager's weird. new gimmick that would be better
0: i think the benefit <laughs> of 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 this match was um of I'm, 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 I'm every aw pay-per-view in general you know, a lot of people compare it to WCW, but for me, it I, I compare it more to ECW in the sense that, like, the TVs don't really mean anything, and you get a banger show, you know, every once in a while. Yeah. Um, so right. that, that,
2: and like ECW, they're not worried about making money.
0: Yeah. I mean, if there's any real underdog in wrestling, it's Tommy Dreamer at Paul Heyman's uh, mom and dad's place, like, writing bad checks. Yeah. Um, but thank God that guy's career turned out great. <laughs> Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage in a final burial match. The match was fine, but the only thing that I can talk and I've been texting Mike about is the at the end of it, like first Christian took a fucking he- hell of a chair shot, which I'm like, for a guy who's got like a history of injuries, I'm not sure if that was the smartest thing to do. And then they threw Christian in this, and <laughs> the way the casket fell and there was like a little poof of dust. I mean, I guess it's the you know, I, I, I guess it's um, Tony's way of making us laugh about caskets in our dark times. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, I imagine this is the same way they buried Rip Taylor. You know,
2: <laughs> uh, no, because confetti he just... would have flown up after. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like evil,
0: can evil shoots out of another grave, and then
3: he just goes good. <laughs> Not
1: well, we even Rip Taylor would somebody. have worn
2: that turtleneck, by the way.
1: Uh,
0: I I really liked
2: this match Um, I thought that you know what the physicality for what it was was definitely there it did what it needed to which was show Jungle Boy in a different way which was dressed like Hangman Adam Page but having him go out there and actually look intimidating and be physical and beat up Christian Christian was in great shape uh, which I'm sure Dan appreciated and
0: I, uh, I brought up his arms his arms look fantastic his arms
2: did look good And the right guy won in the end. So the booking made sense. The spot was definitely goofy. Uh, The last second edition of the Buried Alive stipulation that when we recorded the show last week, we didn't know if it was a Buried Alive match. And we watched Dynamite, which isn't a great thing, but... At least Jungle Boy won. He had motivation. Hey, it's a final but...
0: burial match, Mr. Trademark.
2: It was great, and I'm very excited. I'm sure on Dynamite, they're going to capitalize on this huge win, and we're going to get the next big story for Jungle Boy on Dynamite.
3: <laughs> All right. I, well, I, I, I guarantee you, feuding with Christian is not Jungle Boy's final burial. <laughs> the, it's his uh, first.
0: <laughs> the, the House of Black went against the elite. They actually won the straps, a six-man tag team match for the AEW the World. Straps.
2: Look at how insider you are.
0: World <laughs> Trios Championship. I, I thought this is a really good match, man. I mean, you know, I just think I always think fucking Kenny is is the you know the uh, the best in the ring. Um and uh this didn't disappoint. Um it's weird they're doing I guess they're doing a retread next week they're gonna have on dynamite the elite, and uh, they're gonna have what's it called? The elite Jericho Appreciation group. Society, it's uh, in Jericho. Winnipeg, so it's Jericho's group, Kenny's Canada, group, and Canada, and Canada. Canada. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess House of Black isn't, and it should be a fun match. And I and I was really impressed. I mean, House of Black is over, man, and they're over, you know, like in a lot of ways, they have not been helped by the booking, but they're still over. So I thought it was the right move. I think you're going to need to elevate some of these guys because I think a lot of people are going to be leaving the company. Um, and Malachi black is a guy to elevate, man. He's always been over. He's always been good on the microphone. He's one of the few guys who, I think he makes a spooky gimmick work better than Bray at this point. Um, yeah. I, I was a fan of the match. What did you think of it, Mike? I mean, I dude, I love uh, the
3: house of black. They're, they're never consistent, but just the three of them in, in many ways it is like a, a modern free birds, you know, the Malachi yeah. is the Michael Hayes, <laughs> you know, you got your, your buddy Roberts, buddy fucking Murphy. Right. And then, and then your big guy, your, your Terry Gordy, your Brody. So ju- just that array of guys in a, in a group is cool. And it always works. I mean, I, I hate trios matches. I, I, I don't want to watch them. And I
2: didn't watch this one.
3: All right. Need to stop doing them so much.
2: Uh, I loved this match. I thought this was great. Um, and it was in the in the, the downside to it, the depressing part of it was you watch this and you're like, Buddy is a dude that should be a top tier star for them. He's absolutely fantastic. He looks great. He's great in the ring. He's got a presence to him. Malachi Black should be their undertaker. He's a guy who should be a, a main event level talent. Brody King looked like a monster here. Uh, and you're just kind of squandering these guys. It's been really inconsistent, like Mike said. They they should be built up more. The crowd was super into them. They're amazing in the ring, and it's like if these guys were split up and you had them in different segments throughout the show, the shows on Dynamite would be infinitely better. Uh, Instead, they were here in this match. They did a lot of cool moves. I still don't like the Young Bucks, Uh, and Kenny looked good, and I can't wait to see him in, uh, in Stanford at some point.
3: I mean, my, my, you know, my thing with trios, man, it feels like a lot of times the coolness of the individual wrestler is divided in three. And, you yeah. know, you look at, like, Malachi, and when he first showed up as this lone, you know, weird, spooky guy that would just kick your fucking head in, he was scarier than he is with other people. I mean, you know, as a group, it works, but I do feel like you could have all these guys as singles, you know. Brody could be your better Archer. I mean, Archer's lost so much, it doesn't mean anything anymore. And yeah, I think, you know, uh, Buddy could be that dude that you put in your um, TNT
0: title and you let him win it for a week before losing it again. We are uh, not low on snark on this episode. Let me tell you. <laughs> this is the rammer episode. <laughs> um, all right, starting at, next up, we have a triple threat for the uh AEW Women's World Championship. Jamie Hader versus Soraya and Ruby Soho. Uh Jamie Hader wins. The match is notable because of the very end of it. Ruby, after fighting with Soraya, decides to then join her stable, which I guess is like a new record as far as like a turn. They write L. Turn on, or turd? Uh, they write L on her. <laughs> And, you know, look, I mean, like the match was I think Jamie's really good in the ring match was totally fine. Um, I I think that at least they have something here with the AEW originals versus, you know, the invading WWE guys. But, you know, I mean, it's a story that's been told a bunch of times before, and this isn't the best or worst time they've told this story. So that's kind of my feeling of this match, Robert.
2: So it's a triple threat match Mm -hmm. where Ruby is trying desperately to win the title. Soraya is trying desperately to win the title. Jamie Hayter Uh leaves with the title, but Ruby was in it all along with Soraya and Tony. And they wait until after the match to start attacking the other women. And my, and Dave Melcher said, you can't poke any holes in the storytelling here or else you don't understand how wrestling is. So clearly I have been wrong in the way that I have ever watched wrestling. This was fucking brilliant. This was amazing. Smart booking made total sense. Uh, eight stars would have given it more if it was somewhere in the Kyoto region
0: <laughs> uh Mike how much did you love this one
3: It's fine you know um I did not love this match as much as I loved Excalibur last night saying it's International Women's Day you know what that means
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't <laughs> say I, that I, on TV know,
3: I you know like where this ended up going and you know I mean that's I kind of like that when we review the pay-per-view and then the show after because you can kind of put it in the context and, and see where it's going a little bit. And, you know, look, I I think Ruby is someone that's been underutilized and for them to try to make something of her and, and hopefully it works within this faction um, is a good idea. You know, and, and I think, like, you know, this, this show overall, like, you know, some of the pauses, I know we are being snarky, but, like, the pacing was good. The timing was good. I thought the matches were well, well um, laid out in terms of where they were in the card. I mean, you know, it, it is it is a thing psychologically. It, it's a little harder to get invested in things when you know you're going to watch an hour-long match. But I, I thought they did a good job of not, like, making things last too long. So I love this match because it was relatively short
2: i think yeah my frustration the talent was there the talent whenever they do a pay-per-view the talent always shows up the talent always delivers nobody's phoning it in it's just tough for these for for any of these performers to be like all right i'm gonna go and deliver this match but the underlying booking makes absolutely no sense and it makes everybody look dumb for it that's where this becomes challenging
3: and even hater i do love hater it feels like she's in britt's shadow Yes, and it's it's weird because they are like kind of heelish, but for Britt to be this arrogant heel that's just okay with her buddy being champ is like odd to me.
2: Well, because they were telling one story, and then because Tony got new toys in Soraya, it's like, yeah. well, we're going to abandon. They were going to a good story. It was you know Britt was going to turn on Jamie, and we were going to get the Jamie babyface against you know evil Britt trying to get the title. That's a great story, and I was looking yeah, forward absolutely. to that. Instead, we have this which doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense uh but you know at least Ruby's now with the uh the invaders and uh i can't wait till michelle mccool shows up
0: next up we have hangman adam page first john moxley in a texas death match when 24 minutes 45 seconds i love this match i know that dan and mike are gonna have dan and mike oh that's robert robert and mike i'm sorry i just read the fucking thing <laughs> because robert's using my account right now
3: don't uh, worry dan is not speaking in the third person like the rock he's just really dumb
2: yep really dan dumb. also thinks all three of us are just him like that movie identity <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be funny if i've just you guys quit the podcast two years ago and i've just been doing this by myself with scott's different
2: been weeks. dead since 2017 <laughs> I did quit uh, the podcast two years ago <laughs> <I was thinking. laughs> coming back though yeah.
0: Out a Magman page versus John is weird. I thought this was a fantastic match I thought the finish was phenomenal um, I think Handman's a star I didn't even mind the build I, I, I think I have a problem with Moxley I definitely have a problem with Moxley bleeding all the time and kind of having a similar match every time and I think that's really the only thing that hurt this is that we've seen Moxley have this match so many fucking times and now we see the best version of this match, and it's a little less impressive. But hey, at least they paid this story the next night. You know, you got Moxley finally turning heel, and um, I-, I thought this was—they uh, did a great job with this match. Tell me why I'm wrong, guys. Sir Robert,
3: I mean, uh,
2: first. Hang- Hangman finally hangs somebody, so there's that. Uh, this was. Again, on a show where you had the final burial match, which was an intense hardcore brawl over the building, Uh, a main event that had a lot of brawling and blood, and then this, where you had to do a lot of wacky, crazy spots involving bricks. Uh, It's like Ben Folds was booking this match, and there was an inordinate amount of blood and a lot of fucking barbed wire, and it becomes tough where it's nothing kills these guys. He puts his hand in between two bricks and then steps on it. And then two minutes later, Hangman's using his hand just fine. It becomes a little uh, goofy, above and beyond goofy. And the audience didn't know what the fuck to do a lot of the time because it is babyface, babyface. So in these types of matches, you want someone to cheer for, you want somebody to boo. We've seen Moxley bleed for literally everyone. So blood doesn't mean a hell of a lot. Uh, and I think we talked about a potentially more interesting finish before. Uh, and instead it was just okay, he 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 wrapped the chain around the guy and tried to hang him. Which, knowing the boss man spot, which was a safer spot and how that went wrong, and he almost legitimately uh, got you know choked out, uh, it was a very dangerous thing that could have got bad. I mean, it's hurry. a little
0: different than a chain and like a noose that, like, is.
2: It could it, it depending on how that could have gone, it could have gone differently. But it was also it was just weird to see like, all right, Moxley tap, but it still didn't feel definitive. Even though this was the definitive death match, this feud is over, and we will never see Hangman Page and John Moxley face each other ever again. Mark my words, this is the end of it.
0: Mike, <laughs> what did you think of this match?
3: Yeah, man. I mean, look, like I'm very positive on the main event. and 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 there are things i liked about the show i hated this match this is to me watching this is like oh this is why this company will never be viable competition to wwe it's it's just self-indulgent garbage you know look like i just want to say i did not listen to cornet's review of this so if i'm repeating anything of this it's just because we feel the same way (laughs) um about this specific type of thing, the forks and the bricks and the, you know, I think Moxley may be his least favorite wrestler down. He, he might be mine too. I, 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 you know, like Cole has a place and I don't know what Moxley's is anymore. And 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 then you know to even negate, he's there to
0: tell you how tall you have to be to ride that ride. That's
3: true. But to even then then to even negate this on Wednesday by having them both on the show like was fucking stupid. Uh, but I, I just I don't know, man. It the whole thing of matches like this where they're so delayed and prolonged. You know, you don't even get the the joy of a of of pinfalls and kickouts. Like, so that part of it is less fun. And then I I just think that it's like, this is not like, like you look, you you know, watching this and then watching that Cody and like Roman promo, like, or the betrayal of, of, you know, uh, you know, Jay kicking Sammy and all of that. And it's like, look, we, we sometimes think there should be some blood in WWE, but like AEW has convinced me that it is completely unnecessary and very silly. Like it, it's got it's gotten to a point of, of of parody and comedy to to the to the effect that I think that this match hurt the main event a little bit when they started bleeding. Absolutely, you know. I think that if those guys were going to bleed in that main event, then nobody else should have on the card. And it should have. It should feel special. It shouldn't just be a thing that we do every Dynamite and let you know a tag team of women do on Rampage every three months, so that Tony can tweet about it. it it's just. Um, I just don't think like the spot where he wrapped himself in the barbed wire to jump onto Moxley was like. It, I was done. Like it was just like this is just fucking bad that spot like because that's not even hangman's character you know like and and the whole thing with like both these guys talking about their kids and families and we know renee it's just you just kind of feel bad for renee and all of this i think i
2: i I said this last week i think not using renee was a real big mistake you know having her in some way there when she's literally part of your show and she's watching her husband getting the shit beat out of him, wrapped in barbed wire and being hanged. Like at some point it it strains at least some degree of credibility that she's, Oh, and then she's standing in the back doing an interview.
3: Yeah. And you know what it is too? It's like people look at like, you know, ECW and, and the gore and all of that, but it's like, or, you know, somebody like a Foley Foley was talented at other shit. Like, yes, he did do these death matches with Terry Funk and, you know, he fell off the fucking cell, but, that's not why he has the lasting connection with fans. It's for his character work. It's for the human being. He is like the people just emulate the wrong shit. sometimes.
2: Moxley. I think the thing with me that bothers me the most with Moxley is when the shield first debuted to me, he was the most interesting part of that group.
0: Oh, hundred percent.
2: And I'm like, there's something about this guy that's so captivating. And in ring, he was a great worker. Even though I knew all the indie stuff about him beforehand, it's like he was a great promo. He was a great worker. He was interesting. And now he just leans on the laziest tropes of I'm going to bleed and I'm going to have hardcore matches because deep down, that's like that's who he is. We're allowed to dislike him for squandering talent that he has more than anything else. I don't think we think he's bad. I think he's just not doing what he needs to be doing.
3: No, we've all said great things about Moxley on this show. And I think there's, there's great things about him, but you're absolutely right. Like it is lazy. Like, yeah. You know, just to brag, I bleed for this business. I'm like, yeah, but you cut yourself every time. Like,
1: <laughs>
3: I, don't I don't know. We should move on, but yeah, I hated this. Like this, this match to me is a definition of a zero star match.
0: Well, agreed to give it time, him, but, but you know, what are you going to do? Um, all right, next up, we have Wardle over Samoa Joe, a singles match for the AEWTNT Championship. Went 10 minutes, 40 seconds. Uh, this kind of died just by the placement yeah. of what it was. You know, it was, I mean, like, there was nothing technically wrong with the match. It's just that we've seen this match a million fucking times. And why put this match on a show? First off, when you're going to have an hour-minute, you're going to have an hour-long main event, and then you're going to just essentially, like, you know, have like Joe, you know, have Wardle a job to Hobbs the next night, which had to be the plan for a while. Um, Yeah, just, just didn't make any sense why this was even on the show. What do you think, Mike? I
3: mean, this, is, you know, shows the, the poison of the last match that uh, kind of desensitizes your crowd. But once you saw dudes fucking actually trying to hurt each other and scratch each other in the back like kitty cats, when you see two big dudes doing wrestling moves, you're just like, eh, okay um yeah. yeah it was you know this was a tv match but but it's also aw has good tv matches it was fine yeah it was fun robert
2: uh i think that uh it was a strange decision to have this match end with a uh a chokeout when the last match ended with a a chain um it w- that was weird and the crowd didn't know how to respond if you're gonna end the the wardlow joe match and it's two big dudes I want to see the one big dude powerbomb the other guy and have at least a big moment. But on the plus side, Wardlow wins the TNT title back. He's going to have an illustrious reign. It's, they're going to make up for the last one, and we're finally going to get the Wardlow TNT title push we deserved. Hey, Scott Chaplin's here. How are you, Scott?
3: Robert, I give that one a full meow. <laughs> <laughs> What's up,
2: Scott? We're, uh, we're going
3: up,
0: through... We're going through revolution. If you have you any. just Ahmed missed us Johnson, all raving about uh Moxley and Paige. If you have any Ahmed Johnson jokes, you can talk about them at the end of the podcast. And if you okay, don't sure, I, yeah, I
1: got some. Yeah, even after
2: we stop recording, you can them. <laughs> um,
0: but uh the, the next up we have our tag t- oh first off, Scott, what do you think about wardlow Samoa Joe?
1: Um, I thought it was maybe the worst match of the night. Yeah. Uh I, but I, you know I just I didn't, went, you know, I, I it, just, was, we, it, it was it was fine. Just we just debated.
0: I thought Paige and Moxley was great. Uh, Lawrence and Robert had other ideas. Where did you land?
2: Oh,
1: on no. They stopped paying attention at a certain point. It got so great.
2: You yeah. didn't find it weird overkill?
1: No. What was the overkill? Hangman hung him. He became... The, the I, issue I said that, was yeah. dynamite, you know, but you well, know, we'll, for we'll Hangman get to, to dynamite, finally but... go there and for Moxley to finally realize that he needs to tap, you know, because... He's got a kid, but obviously none of that was addressed on Wednesday. But
2: it was. It was good to see Hangman finally go to the dark place he needed to, like Jungle Boy earlier in the show who needed to go to dark place he needed to. It was great to see Hangman use a weapon, like Jungle Boy earlier in the same show. Dude, it was great entrance, to see the guy in jeans fighting, like Jungle Boy earlier in the show. It this was is a totally loser different...
1: behavior, Robert. Go, this, go this, outside this, if, this, if you're going to spew was, this type of stuff. It was, a,
2: it was a. It was a loser match. It was dumb. They used oh. bricks. Uh, the first time,
0: it's not my dog, guys. Just a. It, it, is dog. there like
2: a stray dog following Dan? No, it's, like, it's, it's, it's my dog. It's Ellie. She's good. No, We're I was kind of hoping it was it was Dan's dog. Like follow him to Buffalo.
0: <laughs> Just random dogs follow me on the street. Um, well, stop walking with
2: sausages in your pockets.
0: Well, that's the only <laughs> way I can get them to become friends with me. All right, tag team championship: The Guns versus the Acclaimed versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett versus. Orange Cassidy and Danhausen, the guns pick up the win. Um, you know, I I I think the match was fine. You know, it was all right, man. I mean, it's like they're gonna, you know, they're gonna have Jarrett win the title next week. By the way, um, but I you thought think so? I think yeah, that so. way you'll get my
2: Fury of the Gods.
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't think they want. I don't think they want Jungle Boy, and uh, I think I don't think they want Jungle Boy, Orange Cassidy.
2: No, but you can also admit, Mike, that you really just want to hear Jarrett say the word Shazam. Shazam. <laughs> um, you know that was
0: Jerry's favorite comic book.
2: Oh, of course. This,
0: the match, the match, the, the story of the match was FTR is still with AEW and for now. Be the tag titles. Um Scott, what do you think of this match?
1: Um, it was fun, you know, like ah, we'll talk about it in the dynamite review, but I get why Jarrett is there, but I don't get why he's being used how he's being used. This was a fine match that led wait, to wait, something Wait, hold on, back up a second, because
2: I'm not going to let that just happen. You get yeah. why Jarrett's there?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Jarrett, I mean, he gets a reaction from the crowd. It's like massive. You can't deny it. I just think he should be with, he should put that heat on someone young with him, not Jay Lethal. But he undeniably has heat. Everybody hates his fucking guts. If you had a little weasel with him, he would do great. Austin Theory would have done great with Jeff Jarrett. No, that's a good point. Well, maybe we'll see Theory with Gomez
0: Adams very soon. Mike, what did you? Uh, <laughs> what did you see? Uh, what do you think about this four way? I mean,
3: I'm really trying to stop myself from doing an act out of Jerry Jarrett talking about Shazam. Uh, you know. So fuck and, it, I'm gonna do it. Well, you know, you you got your wisdom, Solomon. Your strength of Hercules. <laughs> your stamina of Atlas. Your power of Zeus. Your your Achilles' uh, courage and your Mercury speed, and that's how you get a Shazam salad.
0: <laughs> I actually saw my soul leave my body doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, the
3: the sausage in your pocket expired. um
2: yeah, no, Jeff, I, by the I, way, Jeff, Jeff is uh, jealous of Shazam because Shazam doesn't have parents. <laughs> yeah that's <true.
3: laughs> um no my my thing with this i don't like the rules of these like so there's four teams but then there's two people and you have to tag your opponent in it's just fucking stupid Robert, if there's can... gonna be a four-way tag there should be four legal men at
2: all times well you think of this match but in the preview i said all i wanted was wait, Dan House four
1: legal men? Was Dan's last Google search? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you left out the word barely.
0: <laughs> All
3: That's I how said. His soul and... got back into his body.
1: <laughs> All I said
2: last week was I Ooh, wanted. Get back to my I, wanted... So <laughs> I wanted baseball
0: Bailey photos.
2: I wanted Sutnam Singh and Dan Housen in the ring at the same time, and I got it. So I was very, very happy to see two incredible wastes of time get pay-per-view <laughs> opportunity. Uh, Dan has
0: it, he's over, man. He's over.
2: Well, these people are idiots. I don't know what to tell you, Dan. Uh, yes, FTR came back. Great. Uh, this is at least the one thing I can say, like, well, we'll tune into Dynamite and see what happens. And they don't fuck it up. So <laughs> yeah. gold star for this one segment. Uh, but explain to me like, why it needed to be these guys and not throw a like, top fight in there to at least make the match a little bit more fun. Uh, because they're the very was-
3: loyal to whoever AR Fox is. They can only do trios matches now.
2: That is true. That's AR Fox.
0: Fox, daddy. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to our main events. Um, it's MJ- what I use on your mom if she don't stop making my sandwiches. <laughs> MJF versus Brian Danielson in an Iron Man match. It went slightly over an hour because of... Sudden death rules. Um, Scott, what do you think of this match?
1: Oh, wow. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Genuinely, I was entertained maybe the entire time. Um, Obviously, there were moments where I got up and peed and whatnot, but I was captivated. I thought Danielson was unbelievable in it. I thought MJF was phenomenal in it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, sudden death. Yeah, it's happened a ton of times in Iron Man matches, and there haven't even been a ton of Iron Man matches. So, you know, that's, that's, I guess, a mark you could put against it. But at the same time, it's exactly what needed to happen. And it fucking ruled. That was so good. It was so good. I mean, people are saying it was the best Iron Man match ever. You think it was better than Brock Angle? I don't remember Brock Angle.
3: It was, I mean, that's a TV match too. It's you had the commercials and stuff, but I either way I do think it was, yeah. Definitely Um, better
1: than HBK Brett. Yeah, well and I've watched that a million times. I love
3: this match. And I mean, like I said, like I, I think that Moxley and Paige hurt a little bit with all their excessive shit and the bleeding before, but this in a bubble is like to me like a perfect match. And I think that even now that we've seen the payoff of the 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 two promos on Wednesday, I thought those were perfect. I thought that Brian promo was fantastic. I don't those like the, the MJF call promo. himself the devil thing, but you know he does, and you know it's. Did you see the, the
1: presser though? Did you see him at the press conference? I
3: did. I did. Yeah, he was fun. Unbelievable, yeah. man. Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, you know, like these are two guys that fucking get it. I mean, Brian, when you look at match for match versus a lot of other people's resumes and you add this to it it's it's undeniable you know as a face as a heel he really is one of the best ever i mean i i said to you guys it was a little weird when they walked past security guards that were way bigger than them <laughs> but you know but but overall i thought it was fun i mean you know we could talk about it now just for a sec the, the pouring the water on the kid like like aw made good on it and I think that it was such a fun heel thing in the moment. And that's the MJF character. And, you know, look, you're in a 60 minute match and you're trying to get sustained heat. That's one way to do it. Um, And I thought the way that they did the sudden death, I loved because it did feel like continuity in the sense, like, even though we knew that that was probably what they were going to do, having Tony who has shat on MJF since the beginning and always hates him and calls him a bastard and has been attacked by him, having him be the one who gets to make the announcement was beautiful. And the way that that was done was really good where the crowd was bummed because they genuinely were invested and then they were given, you know, a great result. The the one negative I will give about this match and it's, part of it is us being smarks and insiders and reading too much is that we know Danielson's philosophy on that. He doesn't care if he loses. And so you kind of lose a little suspense when you think of it that way. And it was just, it was hard to ever believe he was going to win partially because of that partially because this was MJF's first pay-per-view title defense you know um but look i don't think there was a better way to put someone over than this and i like that the the way that the oxygen tank fed into it this was this was fantastic pro wrestling this, this to me
2: is a five star match
0: All right robert amen
2: they did everything they did everything you could do over the course of a match with two people uh they used the Iron Man match psychology in a video game that I love in the, you beat the guy and then immediately pin him again to get a second, pin, that. which I yeah. fucking yeah. love. Mm-hmm. I love getting the disqualification knowing that it's going to get you a win. I love the fact that Max pinned Danielson with the heat seeker when he's barely pinned guys with that. And it's like, Oh, this is now a legitimate established finishing move. I love that there was psychology of when the fit, when the pins and submissions happen and why they happen and Taz on commentary explaining why what happened made sense. I as, the spot where he poured the water on the kid. I like. I, I get that there's two sides to it. I like it for two reasons. Number one, it makes sense as a heel that you're going to do that. And I know that there is a part of Max that thinks this kid is a die-hard wrestling fan they're going to think this is a cool like you're playing into that moment i get that it went a different direction you can't ever predict it it's not a smart idea to do i did think that they were a plant because his mom was wearing an adam cole shirt and no one's wearing a fucking adam cole shirt to this show so her
3: her son is the same size so she loves him
2: that uh, that is true but her son was tougher because he was willing to take the uh the, the water and didn't cry about it after the if there's a downside to it for me it's Max won. He beat the best wrestler in the world in an Iron Man match. And now he's better than you and you know it, which takes away his heel heat of he's a chicken shit who says all these things and can't back it up. Well, now he can back it up. Now he's the best promo. He's the best in-ring guy. He's not a heel. He's justified and validated everything he said he was going to do. He still and- had
3: to cheat a little bit to win, though.
2: He did, but he got caught cheating plenty of times. And the the ultimate finish on it wasn't as lame of a a, a cheating thing as you thought that he was just going to hit him with the ring and pin him. Uh, He's like, yes, he's a dick. And that's his character. But his character this whole time has been, you know, I'm saying I'm better than you, but I'm really not because I'm, you know, kind of a coward. I'm curious to see if they evolve that character and we get something different or we just forget about it. But the uh, the uh, when the show was over it was undeniable that they fucking did it they gave you an hour plus match and it was entertaining
0: I, you know what i'm gonna be the one descending voice i thought it was a great match like I, I have no you know what how the match was laid out i thought it was perfect i guess i just didn't want to see this type of match for max i just kind of want to you yeah. know as, as he solidifies his character as like this heel world champion i don't want to see a work rate match right off the bat especially because we've had so many aew like work rate main events like i kind of want to see just a great story you know and this is a great story i'm not like this is not really criticizing the match it's just it's almost criticizing doing it this early in mjf's run
2: but okay but dan on the other side of this his abs am i right He
0: he looks real good he looks real good uh, Scott, how many flaming bowling pins would you give this? Scotty
1: Meltzer flaming bowling pins. This, this pay-per-view? Uh, yeah. Five, man. I loved this pay-per-view so much. Uh, and I wasn't expecting to. I think a lot of people weren't expecting to. This was so much fun, man. Start to finish. Even, even the not-so-great matches were placed where they were supposed to be placed. It didn't feel like a long show. And you had an hour-long main event. So, yeah, I think they did a damn good job. I was really, really happy with it. And it felt like, oh, wow, we are going in a in a direction now that we are all going to enjoy, um, which was exciting.
3: Mike, I'm going to give this 3.75 bowling pins so that I could use that one that's 3 fourths, sharpen it, and stab myself with it to show how hardcore I am. Um, but no, this was, I I thought this was one of their better shows in a while. In many ways, it wasn't one match show. The show delivered. I don't think that that's a match I'd watch again a lot. And there aren't many matches on the show. I would, so replay value that part of it hurts a bit, but yeah, when you look top to bottom, who won every match, it was the younger guy, uh, or the homegrown person in every case. And I think that's great. That is a great way to start your first pay-per-view of the year.
2: Robert? I'm going to go three and a half. Um, I love the main event. I love the six-man tag. A lot of the other stuff was good, but kind of using Scott's argument against him of, damn, I'm now excited to see where we go going from here. We saw Dynamite. We saw what the follow-up well, up the was. Issue, yeah. And that's the issue, yeah. And I think it's kind of, the, if we would have talked about this Monday morning, I would have probably been a lot more bullish on, boy, they're getting behind the right guys, and I can't wait to see where we go from here. And instead a lot of people still feel directionless and there was nothing particularly exciting this week to be like, man, I can't wait to see the next show. The pay-per-views might deliver, but I know the buildup for the next two, three months is going to be a lot of uh, a lot of bullshit.
0: All right. I'm going to split the difference to 4.25. Before we get to dynamite or dud, Scott, you got some Ahmed Johnson jokes for us?
1: Oh yeah, sure. Let me grab my phone. All right. How are your guys? Ahmed jokes. Eh, oh, you know.
2: they were better than Ahmed's matches. Well,
0: what what we say? It was oh wow, pro- they were that bad. Yeah, it, it was a pro river plunge for me on some. Way. I did fine. Fuck you guys. What was your- <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> you? okay? You
2: you did you did fine. It was just that Dan's note was like, "All right, just do five jokes," and then hey,
0: look, I'm not trying to get myself up the hook here.
3: All right, let me just say, Dan is always in stand up. Everyone
0: else has the set that he had.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> that. Hey, listen, that's not true. All that—that That is not true. But um, Hey, remember Hook? Wasn't
2: he a character on AEW TV? <laughs>
1: yeah, like, he wrestled last I Wednesday, TV. right?
2: I don't know. It was a week ago. And then he wasn't on the pay-per-view, wasn't on Rampage, wasn't on Dynamite. And wasn't yeah. on Rampage this week. Spoiler uh, alert, I guess. But you know
3: who is on Rampage this week and last week? Reho! Reho!
2: Um, all right. <laughs> Guys are losers. So, the Reho Renaissance.
1: I right, ready? Did anybody have this joke? This feels like a joke someone might have had. All right, Ahmed Johnson. That's who we're doing, right? Uh, hurting everyone he worked with, complaining about them to this day. Uh, Ahmed Johnson. Johnson, you should have changed your name to Rye Black. <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Nope. No, okay. that was good. Uh, he cuts promos like Don Vito. Uh, the difference between Ahmed Johnson and a heart attack is Yoko Zuna couldn't see Ahmed Johnson coming <laughs> uh he had kidney problems and had to pull out of a WWF title shot. Kid knee problems are also a side effect of being a ring boy for Pat Patterson <laughs> Kidney knee <laughs> problems um he looks like a million bucks and wrestles just as green. <laughs> Uh, he's the first person to make Ron Simmons say damn. Uh, and finally, his gear was red to remind viewers of wrestling to stop. <laughs> I don't know. That's <laughs> I never watched a single thing of his ever. Never I, I was going to say, if you life,
2: were on, like, there dude. was no way that you've watched. You've gone out of your way to watch Ahmed Johnson matches. Never, we, dude. You, like, you know I, the thing, I,
3: Scott?
0: Scott, you did have the set Dan had.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I had that baby joke. Um but folks, that's neither here nor there. Um let's get to dynamite or dud. Robert take it over. I may have to leave here in in 20 minutes, but
2: Robert take it over. Sure. All right. Uh are we doing hour by hour, segment by segment. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Do hour by well, Let's do hour by hour, Whatever.
2: All right. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus Jay Lethal in a back and forth match. And then after the match, guess what? Jeff Jarrett attacks Orange Cassidy to give you the dream match that you have been hoping and praying that you were going to get to see. We get a, a Hobbs promo where he's like, hey, sorry, wordless, someone broke into your car. Uh, Wouldn't break into my car, which makes absolutely no fucking sense. Ricky Starks comes out. Hot off of that Jericho win, this crowd was so excited to see him that they were dead silent with excitement as he's like, what am I going to do next? Silence. Where am I going to go next? Silence. And <laughs> if you think this couldn't get worse, Bullet Club logo comes up. Everyone's like, oh, man, I wonder who's coming from Bullet Club. It's Juice Robinson. So... <laughs> You know, good luck, Ricky Starks, uh, with your clothing career that you're designing. Wardlow cuts a promo about how, hey, they stole my gear. They stole my title. So we're going to do an everything and anything goes match because we haven't seen enough hardcore brawling matches this week from AEW. Uh, Ruby cuts the promo of her life. Uh, Ruby goes out there and talks about, you know, in a logical sense, hey, I'm I turned heel because you guys all hate me. And the other women turned heel because you all hate them. And then was one step away from being like, because you hate all women, Tony Khan. Uh, But it was great. And then we got a sky blue, Ruby Bryant, Ruby Soho match, which happened uh hangman cut a promo saying that his feud with john moxley is over and we will never ever 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 see hangman page and john moxley ever again there's an mjf video from the from the pay-per-view he's still caked in blood he talks about how he's the best ever and how he's going to have a bar mitzvah in winnipeg uh so i don't know if i'm excited or worried the aclu is going to shut this down but either way it's going to (laughs) be great the ftr return They are they used the real life tragedy uh, the right way here of saying, look, the last time we wrestled Jay Briscoe in the ring, uh, we had that moment. And then the guns, you guys came in and attacked it and you took that from us. And now we're coming after you. And you're like, all right, now I want to see FTR and the guns. Uh, And then lastly, Jade Cargill apparently is still in the company and she wants to fight the most Canadian woman there is. So maybe Natty Nightheart's going to show up because if you say Canadian woman, she's just going to freaking appear. Uh, Dan, why don't you start uh, your thoughts on hour one?
0: Yeah, this wasn't good. Um, that works. I mean, I don't really have much to say. Well, I will say it. in
2: their defense, Orange Cassidy J Lethal was a solid wrestling match.
0: Yeah. Um, no, I think both guys are talented. Um, you know, I, I, my thing about the Ruby Soho promo is that it's literally a cut and paste heel promo for every wrestling federation. Like if you were playing a wrestling video game on career mode and you went heel, that would be the first promo you cut. Um, The
3: explanation of why I went heel. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But like, besides that, you know, I just, I mean, I I just think that they, like Scott said, they had a good pay-per-view and you know, I, I, I really, I appreciate the Daniel Bryan promo. I thought that was fantastic. Well, that was hour two. Well, I know I'm just talking about in general, like as far as, Oh, all right. Yeah, you're right. I'm just saying like, I don't think that they do enough to uh, you you should have your world champion on the Wednesday after your pay-per-view, you know, like, and they've done that plenty of times. It's not just, they've, they haven't just done that with MJF. They did that with Adam, Hamion page. They did that with Omega. I mean, Moxley seems to always be there. So he probably doesn't count, but yeah, I mean, I think that you need more of a, he
2: sleeps in one of the anvil crates that they ship from city to city. So he's going to always be there.
0: Well this is like two pay-per-views in a row where the winner of the world title match, you know, has not been there the Monday or the Wednesday afterwards. So, well punk yeah, had an excuse. I think uh yeah, I think that that's hurt them, man. I think that that's that hurts your momentum and you know, I don't even think that that's a crazy thing to say. I think it's a logical thing to say have your have your world champion show up after pay-per-view, you know,
3: especially if they're a gloaty heel.
1: Yeah, it does You saw just, his eye, you saw the picture of his eye today yeah no is it bad oh it's real bad yeah
3: yeah i mean anyone who's in an iron man match or a death match shouldn't be on tv a few days later but anyway well um...
1: amen to that bro
3: <laughs> no i i thought this first hour was all right you know i i don't know i i like this episode more than the last few and you know there are two main reasons we'll be talking about and you know uh yeah the and, and scott Texted me that it's International Women's Day. You know what that means. So we were off to a fun start. Oh yeah, um, good times. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I look. I I thought the Ruby Riot promo was. You know, it was a little cut and paste, but it was good. And it was the most personality she'd shown. And then I don't know why you would have done a match right after, uh, let alone a match that goes into picture in picture. The whole thing is now she's amped up. She's fired up. This is uh, an invader versus a homegrown. And then it's competitive. Like Sky Blue gets offense. And I want it. It was fucking stupid. You cut off her momentum by doing that.
2: Well, it's also tough when the heels are right. When they're like, hey, we're really talented. And we're coming here just to help you guys. The fans want to shit all over us. And the women that are already here who are not very good don't want to listen to us. How does that make you the, the bad guy here?
1: Yeah, it a, was like a, a punk tough. pipe bomb. She yeah. was she was pretty on point. I enjoyed it for that reason. I thought she was right uh, up until this moment. I realized she's not supposed to be right because she's the bad guy. But um, yeah, she did a she did a great job. I also um, who was it? Excalibur brought up a great point on commentary though, where he did say like even though this is true, that these fans did do these things to these girls the other women didn't do anything to these girls and they attacked them and that's not fair. And I was like, okay, that's valid. Well,
2: no, the the underlying thing was the whole, like, Tony won a title and they made her interim champion because, you know, you guys can't keep control of your locker room. And you beg Soraya to come back and then everybody shits on her. And I guess the implication being that the women in the back weren't nice to her either because Britt was not nice to her on TV in character. So it all kind of makes some degree of sense but we
3: could say storm running out and spray painting someone was the least awkward tony on this show
2: <laughs> which brings us to our two yeah <laughs> the jericho appreciation society took on top flight and Mike's favorite wrestler of all time a.r fox uh, then after the match, they remind you that the Jericho Appreciation Society has been in existence for one year and has managed to get zero people over, which is a true testament to long-term booking. The uh, They say, hey, we want uh,
0: to win the... Sammy not over.
2: <laughs> yes. We want to win the trios titles, which brings out the elite, who are not the trios champions, to then bring out the House of Black. Uh, and then they're like, we're going to be in Winnipeg, so I guess we're going to do something in Winnipeg because Don Cowell is like, hey, we're friends whatever, Tony Khan, they let Tony Khan on TV, and I guess Adam Cole was unavailable due to speaking for him, who, as I mentioned earlier in the show, announced wonderfully the All Atlanta title is now the International Shazam, Fury of the Gods, One a Discovery Plus. Thank you so much, title. Who could care any less? Why he's wearing a coat indoors like Gambit? It's so friggin' weird. Brian Danielson, then cuts an impassioned video about, I'm in this match for my life, I'm being choked out, and my hands start going numb. And I start thinking about, I'm not going to be able to play with my kids. And after you've had a hellacious match like this, you really have to contemplate your life. You know what? I'm I'm done. I'm going home. And then they immediately cut to John Moxley coming out fresh as a baby <laughs> after we watched him basically get lynched three days earlier. So him and Claudio could fight Alex Silver or John Silver and Alex Reynolds uh, in the match you've been dying to see. Uh, and and Hangman Page kept his promise. We will never see Moxley and Page again. He kept that promise for almost 45 minutes before coming out to attack them. because now the Blackpool Combat Club are heels. God damn it. Uh, the acclaimed, who are the most over-exciting tag team, were kept in the back away from the live audience. And good news, they're going to be feuding with 2.0. Uh, And then in the main event, Hobbs took on Wardlow, and I, look, Tony, I have occasionally, every once in a while, maybe been slightly critical of some things you have done. You totally redeemed yourself, QT Marshall, in the main event of Dynamite, attacking Wardlow, standing tall as the true one king a professional wrestling. Thank With you,
3: Excalibur Connie. going, it's QTV.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much, Tony Khan. You are <laughs> our hero, our savior. You truly are the Shazam of our lives. Scott, yeah, what do you Power think? two.
3: Hobbs teamed up with. How does he still <laughs> have a job?s
2: <laughs> Oh, also, great job in getting Hobbs over as a baby face, just to turn him heel again.
3: Amazing.
2: After hitting I'll, someone I'll, with a therapeutic donut.
3: I have a review. Like oh. The one thing I forgot in hour one that I genuinely did love is Warlow wearing an FTR shirt. Like the them being the guys are like, oh man, here, have one of our shirts and it barely fitting him was that was that was fucking awesome.
2: Um uh this hour It would have been I mean, better that, if they showed him charging him for the shirt. Like I true mean, that, old school wrestlers.
3: That Tony moment, like I could tell you the colors of the spectrum that was on. It was <laughs> fucking unreal because like I, you know what, I watched some of the, the press conference, but here's a great thing. We don't have to talk about it. We don't need to have Hausman on this week. I know that he wasn't even there, but like this one and a half minute performance is him at press conferences where he just says a bunch of fucking words and they're all supposed to make sense. And it's weird. Like I don't know why. I, I mean, I guess Jarrett's in this because he's as old as the Wizard Shazam. Like it, it makes no fucking sense. This was so bad, but it was hilarious because he's the Booker and owner of the company that would never let anyone else who cut a promo like this on TV. <laughs> he's it, it was it was brutal. I mean, it, but but amazing and. I wish it was in front of the audience because those are him in front of the audience is even more fun. Cause he raises his voice and he does the let's go. But the fact that this was a pre-tape that they clearly did in one take was amazing. And then, um, one take yeah, the, or one line.
2: The,
3: yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, Oh, that was a five take. like Um, no, that, that the Danielson thing I loved and I wish that they didn't have other guys doing promos like that. You know, the Cole thing, the Page thing, it's getting a little overdone. It meant more with Danielson, partially because you saw, they showed his kids, you know, uh, um, it's your main event picture, like a story of that gravity should be saved for that big of a thing. Um, if this ends up with him in Ring of Honor, uh, fuck me, because uh, I know some people think that, oh, well, that's what he means by going home. Yeah. Um, Dude, if this is like how how Danielson got his groove back and like the Black Bull Combat Club have to get him to like wrestling again or some some kind of fun thing, it could be interesting because uh this was such a human, wonderful promo. And this promo and MJS promo just sold the match perfectly. It's a great package with this as the end of it. And then I mean, dude, that that ending, I know Scott was in the same boat. I, you know my wife has a friend over um and we were hanging out and eating dinner and i didn't put the tv on until 6 56 p.m pacific time and i didn't realize i was watching QTV. and it was it was amazing because not only did he hit Borla with a chair he then just kicked him in the balls <laughs>
1: yeah it was magic
3: man and then they did and then they did the double uh choke slam onto the softest fucking pillow that that i wanted to see like a bowling ball bounce off that thing it was so When tony goes he broke his back oh my god it was a god it was a dude
2: my- that
3: that whole ending was was fucking you know last week i said this show is getting so bad that it's just bad now it's bad enough that it's good. Thank you, QT.
1: <laughs> the uh, There's a moment in that finish that I'll, I'll send to the group chat. But after uh, he doesn't make the 10 count and, and they announce that Hobbs won, they cut to an audience reaction. And there's a guy that turns to his two disappointed friends and is so hyped and you know he's not hyped that, that Hobbs won. He's hyped that QT helped Hobbs win. And I'm like, he is one of us. I know exactly what he's doing to his friends. He is having a blast, even though something absolutely stupid just happened.
2: Oh, um, I, I popped like you wouldn't believe when I saw QT I come
1: out. I love that out. ending. I, I, look, the truth is, I, I love the ending because it's funny. Um, And then the real truth is, I actually would have liked this if it happened somewhere else in the show. Because... I don't think QT and Hobbs are a bad pairing. I think this is going to be good. Like, I, you know, don't end shows with them, obviously, but Hobbs and QT, if nobody else is involved with them, is going to be such a joy to watch for us.
0: Well, there is, there is a, there's a lot of funny vignettes you can get out of QT fucking up being Hobbs's manager, like just sending him wrong travel directions, like taking him <laughs> to the wrong house. Also, like the big takeaway for me in Hour 2 is we talked about QT getting The Rock's hair plugs. He's now gotten Roman Reigns' teeth. He's yes. just like... Going with whatever over wrestler there is, and actually trying to, instead of like aping what makes them charismatic, he's just taking the physical <laughs> quality of what they have and putting it in. I mean, he's it's,
3: taking the only attributes from them that he can.
2: <laughs> yes, when he, once he takes his shirt off and you see the full tribal tattoo, yeah, it's dude, be I mean, and then he'll
0: like dye his hair blonde like Cody. Like this guy is hilarious in the sense that like he's just not he's not aping the things you need to ape, you know, mm-hmm. that was it for me. Oh, well.
1: I will say though that the, uh, the trio segment and I, and I love the Danielson promo uh, so much in the second hour, but I thought the trio, okay. AR Fox um, and, and uh top flight who I think they are a great trios team, even though AR Fox, he, you know, he's amazing in the ring, but there is something where you go. I don't see him being uh on top, you know, but it was a good trios match. I don't want Jericho Appreciation Society near the trios division, but what happened at the end of it was a lot of fun, and that match next week is going to be a goddamn banger. Uh, it's going to rule, and I'm very excited about it, and I hope House of Black retains.
0: I'm sure
3: House of but Black... But I
1: thought that was an actually a very fun segment, The uh, what happened after that match. Oh, well, the... I forgot to
3: mention my favorite, my other favorite thing on this second hour when max caster goes we're on tv way more than you
0: <laughs> oh that was so funny yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i think that Jeff jared has a real possibility of beating orange cassidy next week guys I
1: think the crowd is going to go crazy, but I, I don't know. I, I see, I see. I like Dan's know. like a
3: wrestling conspiracy theorist. Well, I mean, now that they named it the international title and he used to run
0: global force wrestling, it just makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> well, he is doing there I mean, Mike, you just kind of proved my point and my points are stupid. Yeah. Um, so there you go. All, all points about wrestling are stupid or right, us get High spot, low spot, high spot, obviously. And then I got to go. You guys can take it over. High spot without a doubt. QT's return. Uh, and then the Roman Reigns teeth, low spot. Um WWE is, I don't know if this seems like this is something they're just throwing out there so they can get a better sales price, but they're talking about legalizing gambling for matches. And I don't know how this turns out. Well, like in my head, I've been like, kind of like, I'm like, well, th- does that mean like, <sighs> Like there, we talked about this the last couple months, months. It's the thing with that, the bloodline storyline and a lot of, and a lot of the angles that WWE were been running, you know, the, the sometimes predictable is a good thing. So if they're going to have to change all this shit just for like draft Kings or something like that, I feel like he's going to fuck with the product, not to mention like, there's going to be wrestlers who are going to just try to sell some of this information. Um, we're going to create a couple Dino Bravos here, folks. Uh, yeah, I I just don't
1: I don't see how this turns out well. Oh, dude, I will move to Vegas
2: <laughs>
1: if this becomes legal. I will be out there, man. I don't know how can you do it. I mean,
0: I guess you can still do it now. They have Vegas odds and shit. Do
1: Sean Ross Sap is going to become a millionaire? No, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, Meltzer but... rain manning it. Alvarez driving him to Vegas to to gamble. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> We're not... That's crazy. You cannot gamble on a thing that is already decided, you know? You cannot gamble on the ending of a Broadway play, you know? Yeah. We say that, but... I think they had is-
3: bets on who shot Mr. Burns. Dan says ago. you say
1: that, and it's yes, just a did. montage of him, of him betting on like to kill a mockingbird. The uh, verdict.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, that's a good sign off for me. Until then, <laughs> folks, I'm at the uh, Buffalo Helium all weekend with Dan Soder. Thank you guys uh, for uh, listening to the podcast. You guys take it over, all right? Have a all good right. all right, man. Have a good, great sets, Dan. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
2: All right, uh, my Good high spot uh, for the week—the uh, end of Monday Night Raw was absolutely magical. Sami Zayn uh, versus Jimmy Uso. The uh, the the Solo Seco is sent to the back. There's no sign of Kevin Owens. Jay Uso comes from the crowd. Jimmy gets distracted, gets rolled up. One, two, three. Sammy wins. Jay and Sammy hug. Everybody's so happy. Jay takes a step back, super kicks Sammy in the face. Just fucking fantastic. When when wrestling storytelling is great, it's great. This was awesome. It was fantastic. My low spot is uh, the the return of Snidely Whiplash, uh, Vince McMahon being backstage at Raw. Even if he was just there to see Cena, even if he was just there to test the waters, stay away. WWE has been fantastic without you there. Nothing good can happen from you being at at a at a live show. Uh, keep away from the product.
3: <laughs> my low spot is my high spot in that I'm very conflicted on the Cena Austin theory promo because mm. I thought it was really well performed, but it was mean spirited to a way that I don't know. How do you recover from? And even though like Austin is the heel, I like, felt bad for him, which shouldn't be the case. It just felt like, um, you know, like that promo made me think, oh, Vince is here because like nothing has been mean in that way. It was just like, so like dismantling of why he's not working and people don't believe in him. And then I just, I don't know, man. I thought for me, the moment where he said that they piped the noise in, was, uh, was a low spot, but but the overall performance in Cena's fire was the high spot. I just think once you peek that far back behind the curtain, and they've also done it for a ton of their wrestlers, not just theory. I don't think it makes anyone look good, and it doesn't make the company look good to say you do that.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Scott, did you do your uh, your high spot, list? spot gimmick? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I think my high spot was... Really, the the combination of um, uh, of revolution on Sunday and Raw on Monday, and just the buzz around wrestling being good, that was uh that felt fun and exciting, and I like when wrestlers and get to do you know what they do. Uh, my low spot, hmm. you know what my low spot is. It's Juice Robinson coming out to fight uh, Ricky Starks. Here's why. One, you have the Bullet Club uh, music play. And like people don't know, some people don't know that Jay White wasn't like kicked out of Bullet Club, right? So they see a Bullet Club symbol and they know Jay White's not in New Japan. And maybe they're thinking like, oh, shit, this could be Jay White or I don't know. This could be anybody, Uh, but it's Juice Robinson. And it was just,
2: it was a nobody.
1: Yeah, and I think didn't they mention like someone mentioned something about like, oh, talk about the Forbidden Door, or I think like AEW's like inst or Twitter posted like Forbidden Door, it's like Juice is signed with AEW. So um also another thing is I think Ricky and Juice, uh, they still need uh to be working with veterans. Like Ricky is still building himself up that he cannot help Juice right now. Um, and Juice cannot help him. They need other guys to be facing. Ricky needs the juice; it'll make him look better. <laughs> so yeah, that was a low spot where I was just like, "This isn't good for either of them," and and that was unfortunate. I don't I don't think it did a, you know, it it wasn't a plus.
3: Especially the way that they did it of where do I go next, and then you're like, "Oh well, that's not good." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, like the D and D. I mean, can I re-roll the dice? <laughs>
2: <laughs> they couldn't get the sponsorship for the Dungeons and Dragons movie for this. Sorry. <laughs> uh mike what do you want to plug uh
1: QT hair there
2: you go <laughs> scott
1: uh my other podcast out for smokes with mike racine and sean mccarthy boom
2: uh you can follow me on twitter at ww underscore ish so uh on behalf of mike scott dan zach logan and all of us here at wrestle Roast, best of luck in your future endeavors scott why don't you steal zach's line to send us home Wash your hands. Wash your damn hands.